0: Phil Moran, Pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, Pastor at Day Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us, or catch past broadcasts, or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoicey.com. All right, so we've been looking at the nature of God these last couple of weeks. And I don't think that there is a more critical doctrine to look at in our time, or frankly, in any time for that matter, than this issue of the identity of God. As A.W. Tozer has said in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, quote, before the Christian church goes into eclipse anywhere, there must first be a corrupting of her simple, basic theology. She simply gets a wrong answer to the question, what is God like? And then goes on from there. Though she may continue to cling to a sound nominal creed, her practical working creed has become false. The masses of her adherents come to believe that God is different from what he actually is, and that is the heresy of the most insidious and deadly kind." So today we're asking the question, what is God like? And we've been using the Shorter Catechism as a template. Question number four tells us or asks us, what is God? Uh, Who is God? The answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Today we are on the attribute of God's infinitude or his infinity. And brothers, I think the difficulty with this particular attribute is that it is so abstract. Um, so maybe we should start by, you know, categorizing God's uh, attributes. Theologians have often used the categories of God's communicable attributes and his incommunicable attributes. Can you explain those to us?
1: You know, before we do, I wanted to tell you a little bit of story about that Westminster Confession of Faith and sure. the Shorter Catechism. Uh, you might understand that it was written in 1647. Actually, it took uh, five years and six months and 22 days or whatever for them to to write that. There were 121 divines. There were you know, 10 lords and 20-some commoners that all participated in the writing of the Westminster Confession of Faith. And when it was completed, they wanted these questions and answers that they could, uh, you know, these catechism questions. And so they divided that committee up, and they began to work on those Uh, Questions and as they they, you know, one committee was dealing with this uh, question number four here. You know, what is God? And uh, they'd met for two days discussing that, and um, they started to go around and 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 try to answer that question. But each of the men there felt inadequate to give just a short, simple um, explanation of what is God. And uh, they asked the youngest. Uh, of the of those clergy to to pray and his name was george gillespie and uh, he he rose to pray and and he said "O god infinite eternal and unchangeable in thy being wisdom power holiness justice goodness and truth give us light and wisdom in our consideration today to guide your people and apparently somebody was taking shorthand while he was praying they had their eyes open and <laughs> and, that, and they wrote that down and that became one of the um, a very clear answer to this question. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's really helpful. And by the way, if you missed the last couple of weeks of broadcast, one of the one of the things that that catechism question does is it doesn't define God by what he does, but rather by who he is. And that's always a mistake to define someone by what they do rather than what they are. So let's go ahead and talk about this idea of God's communicable and incommunicable attributes. Russ, what do you think?
2: Uh, maybe in the simplest way you can, we can just talk about it, that his communicable attributes are those things that at least in some way, shape or form, you can see in human beings that they share some of those same type of qualities. Um, whereas incommunicable attributes are things that only God possesses. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to distinguish, well, what's communicable and what's incommunicable because of the vast difference between we might possess some of the same qualities, right. but they are such to such a lesser degree that it's almost... Um, when we talk about his incommunicable,
1: incommunicable attributes, we're talking about his absolute perfections, you know, and so we're talking about his... Eternality, his omniscience, his omnipotence, his uh, omnipresence—those uh, kind of things that uh, only only God has, you know—and it's part of His the perfection of His being. And like Russ said, you know, the communicable, communicable attributes are—you know it's the those things kind of like the flu. We're missing Phil today because he's sick. We don't want to communicate that attribute amongst <laughs> ourselves. Um, but those are the things that we can catch by being close and near to God, you know, his holiness, his love, his justice, his wisdom, his mercy, his grace, his righteousness. Those are things that he enables us to share in part, mm-hmm. you know. Be holy because I the Lord your God am holy. Yeah. You know, those kind of things, there's a there's a communication of that to us.
0: Yeah, and I like you you said in part. Because we we can be wise, but God is infinitely wise. Right. We can be powerful, but God is infinitely powerful.
1: Right. And 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 all of, you know, we talk about God, and maybe we did this uh, the week I was gone. But we, he's he's a simple being. He's not made up of parts. When we say simple, he's 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 it. All that is in God is God. Mm-hmm. All that God does is God. Mm-hmm. You know. So he he you know he's. You know, in each of these in in each of these attributes, he is infinitely those things. Right. So it's not a part of him; it is who he is entirely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I think that is absolutely essential to understand. Um, we're we're going through the Westminster Shorter Catechism, but the the Belgic Confession actually t- starts out with that God is simple.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and okay. sometimes people look at that and say, "Well, that's not very complimentary." Mm-hmm. Um, but, as Jonathan said, he's not a God that's made up of parts he's one, yeah, and why that's important is that our minds are so small that we have to to talk about his attributes one at a time, yeah, because that's the best of what we can do, yeah, mm-hmm. but we have to understand and and never really truly isolate. The attributes from one another that they are all blended that they all mm-hmm. run into each, each other his love is a holy love mm-hmm. his wisdom um, is just is, is just i mean it's all together <laughs> it's all together in fact even as
1: we're doing it we're naming one or two at a time when they all completely are him the simplicity of god means that he can't be divided right he's not divisible and
0: this is actually one of the problems that i see in in you know, in our, in our modern evangelicalism is that we actually divide God up into parts, not necessarily like on that, you know, abstract theological level, but in very practical living where we try to reduce God to one attribute, like namely God's love or something. But I'm sorry, if you just, if you just think about it and play the analogy out a little bit, if, if, you know, your dad loves you at home, child, and somebody breaks into your house, you're hoping that that love is a fierce love. That that love is a righteous love that will rise up in violence and protect you from that robber that's breaking in, and that's mm-hmm. God's love is the same type of way.
2: But I think it's hard for us to understand because we do kind of function in um, those attributes, at least in part. We do tend to exercise them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. That <laughs> most of the time, my justice isn't always informed by love right Mm -hmm. um so i tend to live and i think that's true of most people with exercising these different attributes in isolation from each other and i think that's the beauty of god um Mm -hmm. is that he's always all god all the time in all of how we refer to his attributes yep and I think with regard to communicable and incommunicable, that, that's why it's sometimes difficult to even use those labels mm-hmm. um, because then it's it's almost as if we're saying some parts of God we mirror, some parts we don't. Yeah. And yeah. this is why there are some systematic theologians that are beginning to say maybe those aren't that helpful, mm-hmm. um, that they cause more confusion. I know what they're saying mm-hmm. um, when they use communicable and incommunicable And there's verses in the Bible.
0: I mean, when God rebukes Israel um, or the Gentile heathen nations in Psalm 50, he flat out puts his finger in their face and says, "You thought that I was just like you." Exactly. And and he's very much making that distinction between the Creator and the creature uh, by saying, "I'm not like I'm not like anything that you know Mm -hmm. in in one respect." Okay, so let's talk about his attribute of infinity then, then specifically. Uh, Obviously, that is, in the categories we've been using, an incommunicable attribute. Let's define what God's infinity means. How would you define it, and perhaps what are some of the implications of it?
1: Well, ever since Toy Story, everybody knows uh, what (laughs) infinity is, to infinity and beyond. And, uh, you know, in fact, kids might say, I promise time's infinity. You know, we kind of understand infinity uh, to mean something that goes on forever and ever, and we might speak of it fairly often, but we really don't have a solid grasp of it because we are finite people. We are we are limited uh, in our lifespan, limited in our resources, and you know we can't really conceive of somebody who is infinite, boundless, and measureless.
2: Right. Yep. And it's really he's boundless in in. His duration, he's boundless in his perfections. He's boundless um, in his attributes. His being um, in any uh, perceivable um, category, mm-hmm. um, but not irrational,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, th- I think we need to just do away with all of the irrational comments and questions and uh, about. Well, then, can God create a rock that He can't lift? Right. Well, God is not nonsensical, right? Right, so we're dealing with he's limitless in his perfections, his being, his duration, his his um, attributes, but he's still a logical, sensible God. And, yeah, and and this is in a sense finite language trying
1: to describe the infinite. I mean, really, when we're talking about. Uh, infinite, we're talking about God by way of a negation. Yes. You know, what He isn't. You know, negation involves describing something according to what it's not. And so, in defining God as infinite, we're saying He's not finite, He's not temporal. Um, uh, to be infinite means God's being and His greatness doesn't have limitations, as we said, without measure, bounds, or limits. And we can understand that in three ways. First, God's infinite in relationship to himself. You know, we call that his absolute perfection. You know, mm-hmm. all that God has, he is. We've talked about that. All that God is, he's that ad infinitum. He possesses love, grace, and sovereignty, not largely or mostly or partially, but with an infinite measure. And, you know, as the psalmist said, his greatness is unsearchable mm-hmm. in Psalm one forty five three. His power and perfection, no, no limit. So... God does whatever He pleases, and no one can thwart His plans or purposes. You know, the, in Chronicles it says, O oh Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the, all the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are your in your hand, and no one can uh, withstand you." Mm-hmm. you know, so uh, there's a you know. So in that sense, He's infinite in relationship to Himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you mentioned Russ, that He's also infinite in relationship to time. Um, we call that God's eternity, and we'll pop, we'll be talking about that later. But He's without beginning and end, as yeah. it says in Psalm ninety.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and this shows us right away how other God is like. Yeah. I mean, we have to sleep each day because we reach the 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 limit of our you know awake time. We mm-hmm. have to eat each day maybe several times a day because we reach that limit of energy. And God is absolutely limitless. And that's one of the glories of God. We're going to explore this more tomorrow as we look at uh, God's infinity. But uh, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we thank you. And if you would like to check us out, just go to ReformationVoicey.com. You can get information there about our annual conference that's coming up here in just two months, as well as get caught up on any past broadcasts that you might have missed. We hope to see you next time.